0: I'm Jennifer Dellaquadri and this is the Raising Happy Teens Podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about nonviolent communication. This episode is going to be short and sweet, but highly impactful. So you are going to want to save this. So, that you can listen to it again, I recommend taking notes as the steps are very clear and keep them close by and practice because this method of communication will uh, impact positively every relationship that you have. So, anytime you have a challenging conversation that you need to come across, somebody that you need to talk to about something that's a little awkward, this is a perfect method of communication. Obviously, today, because our episode here is all about you and your teen. I'll be sharing the steps as it applies to conversations that you may be having with your teen. So I first heard about nonviolent communication about seven years ago when I was in yoga teacher training. And I remember thinking why in all of my years of formal education, teaching, all of those things. Have I never heard about this? It was shocking to me because it just made sense. And after I started, after I learned it, I started using it with my own daughters and I was just blown away at how highly impactful it could be. And now I use it in all kinds of relationships, all kinds of situations. And it really does empower me. It makes me feel empowered to get my point across and to share my needs while knowing that it's not going to be to the detriment of a relationship. So I teach this method of communication to my clients when they need to have a difficult conversation and the results are always positive. So I'll start by sharing what nonviolent communication is and why it's so effective Then I'll share the four steps and give you an example of how they can be used. And as I mentioned in the last episode, really the lack of communication and poor communication is the number one cause of conflict in relationships. When you have good, clear, and healthy communication, you're better able to build trust and respect in the relationship that you have with your team. And that really is the goal, is the long-term impact that this type of communication will have on the trust and closeness that you have with your team in the long run. So think of someone in your life that you'd like to have better communication with. It might be your teen, it might be someone else. And when you speak to this person, do you feel heard? Or do they ignore you or argue with you? It can be frustrating. You feel disconnected or disrespected, like they really don't care what you're saying when someone's not listening. And when you're feeling that way in these type of situations, it's easy to just back off or keep pushing and pushing until they finally respond. So let me give you an example on this. Let's say your teen leaves their dirty dishes on the counter, and you've told them over and over and over to clean it up, and it never happens. So you keep nagging and asking and reminding them and getting more frustrated until finally they yell back and say, Get off my back, you're nagging me. The problem isn't when you're telling them to clean their dishes, it's not that they're not listening, it's that they're resisting the approach. They get annoyed, they feel frustrated. This is when nonviolent communication can come in handy. It's really a way to deliver your message in a way that's productive and also compassionate. It's a way also of clarifying what you're observing, what you're feeling and what you need rather than judging or diagnosing a situation. It's really impactful because it it fosters respect, really attentiveness, and empathy for the other person. And really the best part about it is that we're more likely to get after what it is that we're seeking. And when we use nonviolent communication, resistance, defensiveness, and violent reactions can be minimized. So here are the steps. I said that there were four steps, but really there's a component of a fifth step. And that is to request to have a moment of their time. Instead of just jumping in and starting with the steps, it is a respectful way of saying, hey, there's something I want to say to you. There's something that I need to talk with you about. Can I talk to you for a moment? So, hey, do you have a moment to chat? Once they let you in, once they say, okay, yep, uh, sure. The first step is to... Share what it is that we are observing, a factual thing that we are observing. It's not our opinion and it's not our judgment. It's something that they're see, we're seeing the other person doing or saying that is either enriching or not enriching our life. We're not evaluating it. We're not judging it. We're just simply saying what we like or don't like. The next step is to share how this makes you feel. So state how you feel when you observe this. Are you hurt? Are you angry? Are you irritated? The third step is to say what needs of ours are connected to the feelings that we've identified. So, for example, when going back to that, your teen leaving dirty dishes on the counter scenario, you might say, when I see dirty dishes on the counter, I feel irritated because I value order and cleanliness in the kitchen. So that's a need that you may have that's not being honored by having the dirty dishes on the counter. And then step four is follow up immediately with a very specific request. Would you be willing to put your dishes in the dishwasher from now on? And really this fourth component addresses what what we are wanting from the other person. Instead of just saying you always leave your dishes on the counter. You never put them in the in the dishwasher. It's really frustrating for me and it just leaves it all open. End it with a request. It closes it up. And express it clearly, confidently, and here's the key without high emotion. Keep the emotions out of it. If you're feeling heightened emotion, wait to have the conversation until you are feeling calm. Otherwise, it could begin an argument, it could be taken as being aggressive, but get yourself calm before having the conversation. So here again are the steps. First, request a moment of the time to speak with the person. Second, explain the concrete action that you're observing that are affecting your well-being. Third, how you're feeling in relation to what you're observing. Fourth, the needs, values, desires, etc. that are creating those feelings for you. And then last, the concrete actions you want to see in a request to enrich your life. And by using this method, keep it simple, straightforward, and without emotion. Both people in the conversation will feel respected and understood. And it will strengthen the bond that you have with that person. And it will really reduce the amount of frustration and misunderstandings. And when I share this method of communication with people, I I get a couple of questions. And I thought I would address those here. One is what should I do if they're angry or resistant? Which can happen. Even if you are calm and even if you state it very simply, straightforward, you know teens can be volatile. People can be volatile. You never really know how they're going to come as a response. The best way in that situation is to start acknowledging and validating. And I spoke about that on our on the last episode. Get curious about their response, but at the same time hold your boundaries. Don't allow them to push you around but also get curious and acknowledge and validate that they too have their own feelings. And another question that I get sometimes is, what should I do if I don't really know what need of mine is not being met? And that's a really great question because the the basic human needs, not all of us know what's going on. Like, why do I feel this way? I'm not really sure. Sure. So I actually have a chart of needs that I can uh, take a picture and I will upload it in the show notes so you can see all of the needs. It's kind of just a handy tool to have around as, as just an everyday thing and to help you understand needs of other people and needs of yourself. So like I said, listen to this episode again, take notes, try it yourself, see how it is. I'd love to hear how it goes for you, if it works for you. Hit me up on Instagram, send me a message, let me know how nonviolent communication worked for you, and be sure to share this with any friends who have teens in their life. The more we learn to communicate with one another, the better our relationships will be over time. Thanks for tuning in this week, and I'll see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.